This paid podcast was produced by Slate Studios in partnership with Spotify Studios. Today's episode of Showstopper is presented by Ball and the Family, an all-new show only on Facebook Watch. Head to facebook.com slash ball in the family to catch up and watch new episodes every Sunday. I want to be the kind of composer it's so good that you don't notice it. I'm there to accompany the dialogue and to give an audible feeling to this visual medium, asserting a sonic emotion. From Spotify Studios, this is Showstopper, the podcast that takes you inside the playlist of your favorite TV shows and films. I'm your host, Xavier Jernigan, head of shows and editorial for North America at Spotify. Today we're talking about Queen Sugar, the hit drama on the Oprah Winfrey Network. The series follows the adult children of the Bordelone family. Nova, Ralph Angel, and Charlie have just inherited their dad's sugarcane farm in Louisiana. There's a dark history with the land, and they're forced to confront it. The music for the show is composed by one of my favorite artists, Michelle Indegiocello. Some people want to be a virtuoso musician, or some people want to be a star. And I never wanted to do that. I wanted to be a songwriter. I always knew, like, I just want to be the person that writes the songs. But to me, I would say Michelle is an amazing singer and bassist. Back in the 90s, she helped spark the neo-soul movement. And over the years, lots of her songs have landed on movie soundtracks. Her song, Fool of Me, was catapulted by one of my favorite movies, Love and Basketball. I never did a video for that song, but to me, she made, she brought that song to life in a way I could never imagine. Yeah, Gina Prince Bythewood. yeah. But she'd never scored for a TV show before now. So, how did you get involved with the show? I was very blessed to meet a man named Jason Moran. He scored Selma. I I worked with him on a record he did for Blue Note. Mm. And it just kind of started our our friendship. And he recommended me to Ava. She's talking about Ava DuVernay, the show's creator and executive producer. When she asked me, and they gave me a few scenes... I, I, I clearly remember her asking me, am I going to be all right with taking notes and changing things? Like, she was just really concerned that since I was an artist, so to speak, a recording artist, that I wouldn't be into that. I kind of understood, like, oh, this is going to be a lot of trial and error. Once I saw how much work it would be, I was like, this is, this is something that I don't think anyone can do by themselves. And why would you? And I wanted to have a lot of color and different things. I didn't want it to live in a box, like, you know, just program, Pro Tools, and Logic kind of score. So it's the band I play with live. Uh, it consists of Jeb and Bruni, who's on keyboards and does uh, a lot of the orchestration. Uh, Chris Bruce, who plays guitar and bass. And Abraham Rounds, who's the drummer. They played together for years but had never written a score. So they all got a crash course. Yeah, we had to learn to do that. What do you call those bumpers? There's a name for those, like where you got to like do the end so it goes into a commercial break. So that is kind of weird to me. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? But like, yeah, you have to learn to do those dramatic uh, flourishes <laughs> to do the commercial. Because so I wouldn't have added that tempany. Left out of nowhere. Boom, 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 boom. And then, yeah, and then I, I bought the whole uh, online tutorial of Hans Zimmer scoring techniques. <laughs> and that dude is... 
freak. <laughs> but Ava was drawn to what Michelle does naturally. In fact, the Queen Sugar team had already made the pilot with her song Oysters. You have to find the colors that they want. Yeah. Um, and since they had chosen Fool of Me and Faithful and Oysters, I kind of it kind of gave me a, a a palette I think that they liked where eventually I could see or ascertain that they wanted something that had soulful implications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet the instrumentation brought to mind the South. Queen Sugar is about a family that inherits their father's sugar cane farm outside New Orleans. What about New Orleans music inspires you? The feeling is ineffable. It's, it's, uh, uh, there are no words to describe the feeling that one has when they're there, whether through temperature or the smell or... But what sticks out is the rhythm of it, the, the, the dance of that place. There's an element in black culture that's always connected to the church. The episode that really solidified the specialness of the show for me was the funeral of the father of Ernest. Ernest dies in the first episode, leaving his farm to the family. In the second episode, his children bury him. And they all have on their white funeral white. It's like, that's the New Orleans thing, too. Like, you don't, you don't wear black. This is like, you know, a fantastic moment, even though you're hurt. So it's like, I wanted to have a regal quality, too. It's like, this is his night's theme to me. You know, like, Ernest is the knight of the show, you know. There, there's just something there that's so familiar that I grew up with and that there's a ritual and there's a sound to that ritual that soothes the spirit. Yeah. And so once I saw that, like, wow, that's, that's just a common thread that's going to go throughout all these characters, this spiritual connection, I think we all were like, cool. Let's, let's try to find the right organ patches and create a modern feeling of that old church spiritual vibe. And that's how we came up with the funeral theme. When we did the funeral, that's when we got in our flow. We, we, we felt that us as scores, as the showrunner, and as the director, that we had found our sync for, this, for the feeling of the show. Because that has every element. It's the pump organ, the piano, the, the like I said, that melancholy f- feeling that I feel runs through the show and also the spiritual aspect of it. Tapping into that thing that we all know and have had in our lives in some kind of way. Whenever you're looking back at an ancestral feeling, like when they tell the truth about their ancestors on the farm, you know, we go back to that because we understand that, like, even beyond it being a TV show, I have to sonically remind you (laughs) how this all came about and that that thing that connects us all is the spiritual element. The kids didn't find their dad's will, so they're left guessing what he would have wanted. Ralph Angel wants to keep the farm in the family while Charlie wants to flip it for some cash. To her, the farm is a burden, but she's convinced she knows better than her brother. Sibling rivalries are fascinating, and plus they have an interesting relationship because she usurps him because she's the successful one, and he's kind of, he's, they've chipped away at his uh, self-worth. And so, to me, it's like just, just a slow rising of uh, Ralph Angel's ability to say, like, you don't know what my father wanted, 
Right? It's, it's, it's just about that these two people engaged in a hope, trying to tell one another what this one man's hope was. You know, I think Ralph Angel's really trying to stand up for himself. To me, in my mind, it's all three of them, and they're out there in the middle of the farm, and they're about to fight. <laughs> That's the tension of the moment. Yeah, it's just it's like, yeah. It. It's just like they're just circling each other, seeing who has the high ground. And I think that's why it's 6 8 to, because to me it's like this boom, boom, ba, boom, boom, ga, boom, doom, ba, doom, doom. It doesn't end there. Partway through season one, Ralph Angel finds the will. Turns out, his dad left the farm solely to him. It's like Ernest is speaking to Ralph Angel from the other side. For this, Michelle returned to a familiar motif. This is the funeral music. Like, yeah, if you play the funeral scene, this is just a really deconstructed version of it. We're just bringing back the ghost, which we call the earnest theme. You know, I love that song, Hallelujah. Everyone loves Hallelujah because of, I mean, so many different reasons. You got Jeff Buckley, you have Leonard Cohen. But there's something also amazing about Hallelujah, because in the lyrics, he sums up these chord progressions in a way that can conjure up a specific feeling. The chords in here are somewhat based on that. It's sort of like a Baroque. The benediction at the end of a church procession. It's, 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 it's all those elements. Voice from the clouds coming down. We're going to take a quick break. Calling all snack connoisseurs, this sponsorship is for you. If you're an artisanal meat and cheese lover, look no further than Hillshire Snacking Small Plates. Take your favorite bites on the go. Prosciutto and cheddar cheese, spice salami and gouda cheese. You get the picture. Hillshire Snacking Small Plates, a snack above. Find your perfect pairing at hillshiresnacking.com. All right, now back to the show. On Queen Sugar, the third sibling is Nova. She's a journalist who fights for justice in her community. Nova is a model of 21st century activism speaking truth to power about real issues. In one episode, she defends Black Lives Matter and corrects a common misconception that the movement doesn't work without a single leader. What she's talking about is you basically want a leader so you can kill them. You need to have one figurehead so you can knock it out, and that's why... Black Lives Matter is brilliant with the, like, there is no one person. But she's giving you this information that is um, often misconstrued. And so I, I made it sound more like a, a advertisement. I know that sounds weird. I, I, it had energy to it. Um, and so, but I think it was too aggressive. And they went, went with some of it like, yes, I'm telling you these good things. It's information. <laughs> and they had you pull back a little bit. Yeah, I had to bit. pull back a little bit. That's what that is. I think I wrote something much heavier for that scene. <laughs> and so those are that's a cue done after notes. But you hear that little twist in there when she looks over at the dude. I think I did that consciously where it's like, ah, it's not so pretty, that one chord. When she looks at him, <laughs> if you notice. Yeah, I did Because I'm like, you know, yeah, we were all shocked when we found out he was a cop. That dude is Nova's on-again, off-again boyfriend, a white police officer. That's hard. Like, you know, can't date a cop. Right. I know I'm supposed to love them, but it's hard. <laughs> right. 
Of the three children, Michelle connects the most with Nova. In fact, the Queen Sugar theme song was originally written for her character. I didn't write this for the opening credits. It was for another scene, another Nova scene. It was like the beginning of them like figuring out what they could do for themselves. So it was like a like a like a like a scene where it had to be like we're feeling good about ourselves. It's like, woo, things is good. I'm always excited whenever Nova is in a scene. <laughs> so I mean to me she inspired that pretty much. The feeling of it. She's just a inspiration to me to like, you know, be the best self I can be. Fans online are really intense about the music on this show. There's a lot of curiosity over Michelle's involvement with the theme song. That one, yeah, everyone asked me that one, but like, I must admit I'm quite embarrassed about the opening credit because I did it really fast. So I used loops that existed in Logic. So of course I'm like embarrassed. I'm like, I didn't, like, I collaged that together. <laughs> you ever thought about releasing them or like, no. so you can have that full version out maybe? There is no, like, literally, that song is just that it's long. It's just that piece. I could make, I've, of course I could make it longer, but no, I just I just do what's asked of me. And so it literally just fits that piece of <laughs> footage. Early in season two, we see characters at a protest. Nova stands silent in passive resistance. I think Nova and and her, char- her character is, is, is about, you know, doing for others what you would have done unto you. It's just like, I think that's what that scene is about mostly, is to to remember that, you know, Christianity isn't, uh, is it, the, the parts that they, they seem to be forgetting about lately is the being service of others and, um, and seeing their, their suffering and, and if you can be caring and kind. And I came up that, piano riff and that like doom 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 is like I, I was in a really stevie wonder place it's like uh, mary wants to be a superwoman if you listen to the intro of it he's like fooling around on the bass and i just turned that riff into like a, a pulse for myself and um i think it's because i'm getting older <laughs> i just really am starting to understand that um you are me and i am you <laughs> And there's like, there's no hierarchy in suffering. And so it was just something I constantly chant to myself. The ultimate act of understanding came in the season two finale. Ralph Angel learns he is not his son's father. His ex Darla lied to him and his entire family. We were just heartbroken. Like, for some reason, that really, that, that, relationship and that Darla lied really came unexpected to us as the scorers and it was devastating. But like when you're watching it, you know, sometimes we get mad at him, but when that happened, we were just all crushed. I remember it was like to think that someone had lied to you for so long is devastating. And that he as as a man has to really not take that anger and disappointment and vulnerability and have the child experience it. And how many people walk away from children, even when they are their own. <laughs> yeah, because of hurts. And- yeah, because of hurts. Or, you know, I don't like the baby's mama. Or I don't like the baby's daddy. Or, you take it out on the child. It's just like, yeah, that, that scene devastated us all. 
It's like adagio for strings uh, in platoon. You know, it's just like uh, we're just trying to get people to tap into that and to mourning and loss, death and unfulfilled hopes. It's like her each step she made to get to the place where she is, and then that place where she is is the sustain chord. That's what that's how I came up with the cue. It's like you'll hear one note and for two bars, another note for two bars, another note, boom, and then a sustain different chord. That's like it's to me that cue I, it was inspired by like she kept making this step. She kept doing this, <laughs> and she kept doing this, and then she gets here, and it just falls flat to the listener, and then like to 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 whoever she's dealing with, and then I add that octave above for tension, because it's like just layering, layering, and layering lie upon lie upon lie, until it gets to a dramatic sort of like zenith, because we all do it. You just you find yourself in a position, you just keep piling it up. <laughs> And that's where that, that's what that sound, that, that little cue for me is. And now Michelle looks at composing for TV differently. It's like funny, I'm finding in TV with the scoring and the licensing, it's the last bastion of creativity. Like your music is actually there to aid something. It's not like you're just singing a song and hoping everyone likes it. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the beauty of music. And that's what I, I have learned also from working on Queen Sugar. You are using music to transport the viewer not only through time and space of the show or the story, but to color their, their emotion, to help them get there. And there are musical tropes that allow you to do that. And that's a skill. Like, how can you use that at the same time be creative and 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 novel and and sincere, like you're not just using the tricks out of the hat. I'm not forcing you. I'm hoping I'm making you a composition that builds and ebbs and flows, and that you could listen to without the show, and still see the show. I'm so glad you came okay, through. Cool. This was yeah, amazing. Thank you, Michelle and Debbie right. Cello. Huge fan. You're amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much. Oh, thanks and good luck to you. Check out Michelle's takeover of the film and TV favorites playlist right here only on Spotify. And listen to Michelle's latest album, Ventriloquism. Showstopper is produced by Spotify Studios in collaboration with Slate Studios with production by Fanny Co. Our producers are Fanny Cohen and Morgan Hecht. Special thanks to Natalie Teller, Leah Campbell, Sharon Wong, and Michelle Siegel. Our theme song is produced by my homie, Prince Maestro. From Spotify, I'm Xavier Jernigan. Keep listening. Today's episode of Showstopper is presented by the Army National Guard. Discover how you can make a difference serving part-time in the Army National Guard by visiting GoArmy.com slash Army Guard and discover more episodes of Showstopper only on Spotify. Thanks for listening to Showstopper.